0: Welcome to We Talk. Uh, My name is Vicky and I'm a senior consultant with We Network, focusing in commercial roles within the B2C space on fast moving consumer goods industry, and I will be your host for today's episode. We Network is a fast growing high quality recruitment business with offices in Jakarta, Singapore and we recently opened our Australia office. We Talk is our new podcast offered to you by We Network. In We Talk, We unveil topics all around recruiting, career, business, and many more. Indonesia has been a key market of interest for many FMTG companies due to the sheer market size. There has also been intense competition between MNCs and local companies. A lot of MNCs are also continuously looking to expand their presence into Indonesia. So, what are the key differences and opportunities between the two setups? In today's episode, we have the pleasure to invite Pak Romy Yohannes, Recently appointed managing director in an MNC retail company and, all, and one of the brands managed is Gino Mariani. He's got great years of experience working in both MNC giants as well as establishing local startup businesses. He's got a great track record in industry, has previously worked in large companies such as Ace Hardware, Starbucks, Green Giant Foods, danon and others. Welcome, Paromi.
1: Hi, Pafiki. Good morning. Hi, everyone
0: yeah so uh before we deep dive into the industry and business let's get off with a little bit of your background sure and first of all congrats on your new role as managing director thank you So, prior to this you worked in some of the leading companies right yeah Uh, Yeah. please share with us your interesting work history and motivations
1: yeah sure sure okay let's try to make this uh, 20 years uh, in two minutes (laughs) Uh, so I started um, as a um, I started uh, uh, working as a graphic designer. Actually, in Hudson Bay, um, it was mm-hmm. a retail um, uh, company in Canada. Uh, as I graduated from there, so uh, from there uh, I I found my passion uh, of consumers, consumers' habit, direct consumer sales, uh, behavior of consumers and people. So. Um, Uh, I moved my career to Starbucks. I started as a Starbucks marketing manager for Indonesia. And then uh, I moved to Starbucks Asia Pacific, marketing manager Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, From there, I continue my um, career uh, in F&B with Great Giant Food. Um, At that time, Mm -hmm. Great Giant Food uh, is trying to do, they were trying to study health consumers good in uh, Southeast Asia and what is the the better market. But Indonesia is the largest market, emerging market, with a lot of people with uh, uh, higher uh, buying power. So we tried um, uh, health products for Indonesia, and um, the study was successful. And at that time, uh, a company was born uh, under the name Rejuv, Premium Mm -hmm. Juicery. Um, uh, They sell uh, premium juices, um, cold-pressed juices, pure natural cold-pressed juices in Indonesia, it grew from one co- uh, store to 70-something stores now. So I lit that. Uh, and then um, I was hired by Danone then. Um, um, Danon asked me to sort of bring that healthier trend, a premium healthier trend coming from Rejuve to Danone and see if we can launch some things there. Also, mm-hmm. Danon asked me to pursue all of the innovation needed for the water category. So um, I was with Danone for five years. The first three years I was doing innovation, uh, new product development, and I was promoted to brand director um, the past year. Um, And uh, my career uh, in Danone was uh, uh, ending um, uh, not so long time ago. I was moving forward back to retail, managing shoe brands uh, as managing director back to retail. So in a short two minutes, that's, my career. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Very good to hear about. So and um and, and as you mentioned already that you know you were one of the key people in launching um Rejuv, right?
1: Yeah. Um yeah. you know
0: and it, it it has turned into one of the premium cold pressed juice that we can find a lot of malls in Indonesia right now especially yeah. in Jakarta. Um at least the ones that I visit a lot I always see RedJu there. So yeah. um, could you please share how instrumental was your role in this and the challenges of launching this you know, new concept in the Indonesian market?
1: Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Good question. Because eventually uh, launching Rejiv is launching my own company, right? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a starting something from zero. Uh, uh great giant food uh, uh, believe in a lot of entrepreneurs so uh, the mm-hmm. investors so a group believes in founders mentality in which they are investing in a lot of uh, younger talents to start a business as they are own uh, as, as the businesses are their own uh, as it is their mm-hmm. companies so the entrepreneur mindset is really uh, cemented so deep in uh, uh, a lot of young talents and a lot of employees in uh, uh Group and Great Giant Food, and that is eventually the the key success of Rejuve. So I, uh, I'm coming from Starbucks, bigger company. Danone is also a bigger company. Um, it's a big pool with uh, a lot of fishes. But Rejuve is mm-hmm. a smaller company. It is a startup. It's a new start. I started the company with four people, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. one operation, one marketing. I think either one operation or two marketing. I, I I don't even remember. But it was four or five people starting the whole company and. Pretty much, it's just adopting that founder's mentality that Rejuve is our own company. We don't work yeah. for Rejuve. Rejuve is actually our company. We come and develop and grow the business as it is our, our own. So then mm-hmm. the perception, the, 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 mind, the mindset is a bit different. When, when you're coming to a big company, uh, you, know, you have X amount of budget, you deliver X. You have yeah. uh, Y amount of budget, you deliver Y. With entrepreneur, yeah. it's different. You have zero budget, you deliver A. When you have B budget, you deliver double the A. So it, it, it's starting from you don't have anything, but what you're going to do to make this brand, uh, newly launched brand successful. So that is, I think, the success profile, the success mindset that uh, uh, was uh, b- was born with Rejuve as a company. And that is, I think, the success mindset that all starts up needs to have that founder mentality that this is my company. Yeah. I don't have money, but I have to make it successful. Uh, if I'm given money, I'm going to make it double successful. Yeah. Um, uh, the, that can-do attitude is a big, crucial role. Uh, and the one that I think my big uh, uh, footprint for a youth yeah. First of all, out of all the logistics, out of all the setting up, out of all the, you know, beverages, uh, recipes, out of the hiring the crew, setting up the business, this and that, marketing, operation. I think first and foremost is that mentality.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh... And then prior to that, um, you have worked in several big MNCs as well, like, yeah. And how has that, uh, how has those experiences contributed to your success in building up Rejuv?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, with Starbucks, for example, with uh, deeper pockets than startup, right? Uh, uh, um, uh, Houston Bay. I mean, what we learn, what I learn from those companies is the processes, how they do things, uh, mm-hmm. what kind of excellence result they're aiming, what is the expectation of result per marketing campaign, per opening of new stores, per new operation campaign, per, per new promotion. That is the, the 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 standard that I bring to Rejuve. A lot of times when we work for a new startup, the idea is actually, well, we, we're startup, so we, we will never be as big as big company. Well, we're startup, so this is how we do things. Well, we're babies, we're crawling. The idea is always putting uh, a lot... I cannot speak for a lot of people, but at least for mm. me and my team, the idea of starting startup is always being in that baby mindset and crawling mindset. Yeah. So learning from the big companies, um, Starbucks, for example, uh, in comparison with Rejuve, I always bring the idea of Starbucks result to be the Reju result. Yes, we are baby. Yes, we are crawling. Yes, we are learning. Mm-hmm. But nothing stopping us to be Starbucks one day. Nothing stopping yeah. us. Nobody can say. Nobody is saying no for Reju to be, you know the the juicery, the Starbucks juicery. Yeah. Uh, one day, with their with their uh, amazing protocols, with their amazing procedures, with their amazing campaigns, with their amazing brand equity. Why nobody is saying no that Rejuf can eventually be that. So that's what I learned from the big company: that mm-hmm. amazing expectation, process, result, um, uh, uh, bring it to the startup, and do not compromise. Yeah, yeah. don't find excuses that oh we cannot achieve that. That's again the mindset, I guess, right? Like <laughs> I keep talking mm-hmm. about the
0: mindset. Yes. Okay. Okay. Then yeah. um, I think one of the main key takeaways is that you know the mindset is the key success, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Then, um,
0: you know, after all of those success, you know, successful years in yeah. Giant Foods starting up Rajuf, what made you yeah. decide to move to, you know, a giant like Danon?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, well, eventually, um, Rajuf was. Already big, um, it's it's too big to fail. At some point, startup yeah. and 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 whatever industry is at that time, uh, I was in FNB. There is some point where the company is too big to fail. The processes was there, the people were there. Um, uh, it's going to the right trajectories. At some point, uh, you know when you're if you have kids, uh, some kids growing up, and you know, okay, that kids uh, is, is strong enough for international travel without the parents. You know what I mean, right? Like some at some point, uh, you know, a company is strong enough to run by itself. Yeah. Um at that point, so I left at the fifth year, um, we were at, I don't remember, 40, 50 something stores. Uh, mm-hmm. The factory was set up, the operational was set up, set up quite nicely. The sales trajectory was uh, going up quite nicely. Whenever we do marketing campaign, it was solid. Um, um, uh, it was achieving what we wanted to achieve. So I said, okay, let me adventure out somewhere else. Uh, mm. Again, learning from a big company. Uh, again, learning from the expectation of a huge company, learning from MNC, um, um, understanding what they want, understanding the trend of beverages, understanding the trend of uh, 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 water consumption, and understanding consumers' drinking behaviors. Of course, the idea, the knowledge, and the horizon that I can get from bigger company. Um, so yeah, setting up small, and then learning again big. Setting up small, learning again big. So this sort of mm-hmm. how I see my journey Rejuvenants going to Danone.
0: OK. Given your experiences in both, Nipa, um, both yeah. MNCs and you know local big companies, yeah, what are, how are the different ways of working between the two?
1: Yeah, uh, um, very different, very different. Um, uh, of course, with big companies, we need a, a, a more organized forums, a more organized processes, more organized standards, uh, because we're dealing with many more employees, right? I mean. Alignments need to be there. Once one particular decision is aligned, it needs to be uh, uh, made clear to a lot of other departments. Maybe probably sales, marketing, operation, production. Um, uh, So the processes needs to be much more stronger because it's dealing with a lot more people. It needs to be much more, uh, it, it needs to be clearer as well. Things that are not approved, things that are approved, things that are approved with conditional. Things that are uh, chasing timeline. Uh, what is the KPI? Is it the sales? Is it brand equity? Is it timeline? So everybody needs to be super, 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 super clear. Uh, um, uh, uh, otherwise, you know, as you can imagine, with big company, one department will go to the left, one department will go to the right, and then in the end, the goal uh, uh, is not aligned, which is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, so. That is the big differences that i noticed uh the establishment of processes protocols need to be super clear crystal clear yeah. uh in a big yeah. company and also because the what was being jeopardized is bigger with the bigger company of course when we launch something the capex is much much higher uh the money to launch something uh it's it's bigger than launching uh, uh, for a smaller brand right i mean we're talking about million uh liters of uh Uh, Water or beverages is different with 2,000 bottles of juices. Um, uh, Launching million liters of bottles uh, need much uh, uh, big investment. So because of that reason, everything needs to be much clearer. All departments involving bigger money, involving bigger um, uh, uh, people. With the smaller company, it's more agile, so that's exciting. We can do a lot of learning and sideying. Okay, let's launch Products X in particular stores. Uh, Let's launch particular marketing campaign in, say, Makassar. We can isolate that pretty easily, and we can involve particular department or people only. It doesn't mean to be a huge and part. so that's exciting uh, 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 in retail. Now, the corner is probably in retail is that uh, things seem to be messy, right? I mean, because you have luxury of trying on many things uh, without big risk in, 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 uh, financially. So, the bad habit that I've seen in retails is usually they're trying a thousand and one things. Uh, this is probably that retail can learn from FMCG. FMCG usually have three big bets. Everybody is focused on that. Like, just, you know, you're running to three directions, one kilometer. Whereas if you're small, you're running to five, 15 different direction, but like, you know, 15 centimeters at a time. So everybody's going everywhere. Of oh, course, okay. what's more powerful is really focus. Uh, th- oh. That's um, sort of the difference that I see, big um, companies and smaller companies.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting way of uh, putting it. Wait, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, based on experience, uh, what are the traits or personalities needed to be successful in, you know, in startups? And how about in big MNCs? Like what are yeah,
1: you? yeah, yeah. The startup definitely needs can-do attitude. So like I said, the entrepreneur mindset, meaning that can-do attitude first. Let's try it first. Let's see what it takes us. And then if we can do it, then good. If we can do it with conditional, then good. If can, we cannot do it, we report, we report back what else we can do. So that can-do attitude for a startup is definitely needed more than anything. I've seen a lot of um, employees that comes from big companies coming to start up um, for one reason or another, uh, and bringing that big companies mindset. I need this budget, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. I need this. Uh, coming to start up, well, of course, <laughs> you cannot treat start up and big company yeah. the same way, right? Uh, start up might not have the money to to start a particular project, but we have to make it happen anyway. And yeah. uh, we learned that we actually can launch a particular t- uh, project without, you know, the expected resources. Uh, so that's the big, big, big mindset that's needed in the uh, startup, a can-do attitude. Uh, this is my company. I don't work here. This is my company. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it grow. I'm going to grow with this. The big companies, uh, I think, you know, startup mentality is, is working well everywhere. Understand? Mm-hmm. But the big companies have a lot of more luxury in resources, in budget, in people, in money, financially, and whatnot. What it needs is a lot of mindset to really... Prioritize, because you have a lot of resources, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of, you can do everything pretty much, big companies, right? I mean, you can try this testing study, that study, I can do this promotion, I can do that campaign, I can do this creative. A lot of times you can rumble into plenty of activities with less results. So the mindset I would say for big companies is really, really priority, prioritizing and, mm-hmm. uh, and focus. What do you want to do with this amount of money? And drop the rest. What is the goal? Align with everyone and drop the rest. Um, uh, otherwise, we'll be spending with tiny result. Big spending, big activities, busy, but tiny result. Yeah, so that's uh, okay. my learning. At least being in a a few of uh, a few big companies.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. interesting, yeah. Okay. And um, since you are a marketing specialist, so uh, yeah, going going deeper into the function now. Yeah. Um, how do how do startups and MNC differ in yeah. their approach to marketing? You know, I believe you've touched um, a lot of points like, you know, um, in terms of like the uh, spending, Mm -hmm. in terms of like the uh, agility of these two uh, different setups. But, you know, what are the differences? Like, how do they differ in terms terms of like approach?
1: Yeah, very, very good question. So, um, the rule of FMCG marketing is if your product is in 60% of uh, population, penetration is, Mm -hmm. if your product is in 60% availability in the whole country that you sell, you do national campaign. Um, the idea is that if, you know, your product is 60% availability in the Indonesia, then national campaign will be cheaper, right? You put one campaign, yeah. everybody hears about it and find your product. So that's FMCG. Um, there are a lot of also products, new innovation FMCG that won't reach 60%, right? Uh, so yeah. for example, um, uh, one of the examples is Aqua Life. When we launched this, this is a bottle that's made out of 100% recycled plastic. Uh, when we launched it in Bali, of course, national campaign wouldn't be making sense because it's just in Bali. You focus on Bali. So in, in FMCG, the marketing needs to be very smart in terms of, okay, do I want to do national campaign? Can be expensive but powerful. Or I want to localize uh, 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 specific on per region. Uh, a smaller company for, you know, Starbucks is... is we're talking about big brand, right? Uh, retail-wise, mm-hmm. but it's, it's big brand is is national wide. Even so, it's nothing like the reach and uh, availability of FMCG. For example, Aqua or Danone. Uh, yeah. With smaller brands, uh, I'm talking retail here. I think local store marketing is a key. Uh, we tend to do a lot of above the line that you know, uh, you know, TV, radio. We put a uh, billboard, this and that. Yeah. Very costly, and your stores might not be located in those marketing uh, 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 um, visibility. Your stores might not be closed in those in those uh, uh, area of visibility advertisements. So local store is very important for smaller brand. Uh, I'm talking about retails that I've handled here, particularly. Say you're opening in Jakarta Selatan, South Jakarta, and I think. And I'm bringing the case of Reju, for example. And I think all the marketing needs to be concentrated in Jakarta Selatan. We're talking about, you know, local store marketing, uh, probably branding in the uh, apartments in Jakarta Selatan, probably bringing communities to the stores, running communities, health communities, Uh detox communities, do activation in the stores, do juice talk, do pairing food with chef, do uh, um, health and vitamin C or doctors, nutrition talk in the stores. So a lot of that, but only specific to Jakarta Selatan, for example, in this case, because for example, the stores only available in Jakarta Selatan, South Jakarta. So there's a difference. Uh, uh, a lot of exhaustive small marketing, local store marketing, needs to be done for smaller brands. But the impact might be big. Might not. Uh, the impact might be big. Uh, I'm saying that just because we're doing small event doesn't mean that you know it's not as strong as national campaign as TV. Uh, because when you approach one community at a, at a time, you approach them personally. You talk to them. You know their names. Uh, they get engaged to your brand. You have two hours to educate them—a uh, a powerful session. So uh, exhaustive, um, yes. You approach one community at a time, uh, one branding at a time, one education at a time, one event at a time. But super powerful and and costly, uh and uh, 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 it saves a lot of money as well than putting things on radio and put it to whole Jakarta.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I call it okay. local store marketing or guerrilla marketing. I don't know. I've been using these two terms. Uh, super important. Very exhaustive, very tedious, very detailed, but very powerful.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, um, if I understand correctly, meaning that, you know, if it's, you know, um, like big MNCs where the products are everywhere, um, the marketing can be, you know, can have a wider, can have... Absolutely. Wider awareness, wider reach. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's put
1: them... At, put the money there i, I mean you, you put you put it on tv right let's uh, reach yeah. for a uh, uh, share of voice put it on radio instead of you know smaller particular activation yeah. in this mall uh, yeah. that's usually cute that's usually nice and that's usually internal satisfaction is there look this is the photo we're doing uh, gunting pita we're cutting this that cutting ribbon ribbons we're uh, it feels nice but the reach come on like one event in one mm-hmm. in one mall is yeah, yeah. like how many hundreds yeah yeah sorry i was interrupting you go ahead
0: okay no 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 i mean i was just i was just um, um recapping so like yeah yeah whereas for the smaller ones then you know um, a, tar- a more targeted where where the because you know for a smaller smaller brand usually um, a lot of people haven't tried it so having a more targeted uh, marketing effort to the community or to like the surroundings, and then when if they have built that interest, there's a place where they can actually try the product. So it's a yeah. different strategy, then okay,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then, um, what do you think? You know, moving on to the brand pr- brand perspective, what yeah. do you think of the brand and market performance of global versus local brands in Indonesia?
1: Yeah, oh, good question. Uh, uh being in. Starbucks before. Back then, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't a lot of local co- local companies were popping off, popping mm-hmm. on, uh, coming up, but not as rich as now. A beautiful yeah. local coffee shop. Same thing with shoes. Uh, a lot of amazing local brands uh, 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 popping off. So I think I think everybody can see this. I mean, everybody who works uh, can see this, that uh, global brands start fighting a lot of smaller more agile, more creative, mm-hmm. uh, more relevant local brands. Where whether there's uh, water beverages, especially very very crazy. A lot of beautiful local brands popping off, popping on every week in the supermarket, in the stores, online. Um, uh, uh, I mean, we see a lot of beautiful local coffee shops that's just delicious. Um, yeah. um, um, I mean, aggressive as well in terms of store opening and marketing. So so. And unless the global brands can catch up in that, catch up in, their, in, in, the, in the local competitors, mm-hmm. their agility, their speed, their creativity, their relevance, unless the global brands can catch up with those local competitors, uh, the global brands need to be aware that their shares will always be eaten up. Their, their shares will always be taken by uh, local competitors. So, okay. so does it mean that I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting global brands to give up? Well, no. My suggestion is what I said before. I think the global brands should really focus what they're strong at and really think double and triple about innovation. Um, so they need to I know I, 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 they must have one or two products that they are core winning at a uh, 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 big in value share so the focus yeah. need to be there and make sure nobody is eating their shares in terms of the core and when they have the extra capabilities resources they can do small innovation yeah but too busy doing innovation will be extremely dangerous for bigger brands because it's cannibalizing it's jeopardizing their core um, eventually I don't think any global brands can fight with local brands local brands that just Crazy, fast and crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we see a lot of we see a lot of big brands that are, are more agile and they do a lot of um, um, collaboration that's really relevant with the trend these mm-hmm. days. You know, I'm talking about McDonald and BTS. Uh, super, super powerful, so agile, so relevant. Um, um, and there apparently no local burgers can take their shares, right? Um, yeah. So there are there are brands that are able to do it. Global brands that are able they're, they're able to do it. But yeah. My insight is really global brands really need to be putting stronghold in their core and let the innovation is done by the smaller categories, smaller local players.
0: Yeah, Uh, well, that is actually very interesting because we always think that, you know, global brands have the, uh, you know, uh, a more, I'd say a stronger presence, maybe even what Indonesian might say, uh, gengsi and stuff. Mm. But then, you know, I think in reality, a lot of local brands are performing very well. And yeah. some MNCs, despite, you know, having globally known uh, brands, uh, maybe promoted by international artists or celebrities, yeah. they struggle in the market like in, in Indonesia. But, yeah. and what's your take on this? I, I know you have touched on a few points, but you know, yeah. maybe any 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 particular take on this?
1: Yeah. Uh but there, we also see global brands that works with local brands, right? Either purchase local yeah. brands, or they like you know, Unilever does, does a lot with, with with uh um okay, I wanna say the holding companies, but we're talking about Kachabanga, Orinzo, Rinso, yeah. orden, uh, Aqua, you know, a lot of uh uh global brands that's that's able to tap into the local brands, uh um, take shares, uh, take ownerships and then let that own local brands living their own DNAs. I think that's a key. So the takeover mm-hmm. by the, the global brands, of course, necessary, right? I mean, uh, with more capex, more investment, more quality standard. Uh, uh, um, absolutely, uh, all the feasible reasons. But mm-hmm. letting those tiny local brands living their DNA uh, um, will be super important. Don't change it into the culture of the global brands. Let it live as Indonesian brands. Let the communication, the campaign, the copyright, the models live as the known Bangau, the known uh, yeah. Rinzo, the known uh, 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 Pepsodent. The known uh, I don't know if Pepsodent is Indonesian <laughs> brand, but I'm pulling off brands on top of my head that sounds that, that seems to be Indonesian. Aqua. Let it live off as as Aqua that that Indonesian love for 40 something years. That's yeah. a, a big key. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, since you mentioned about epsilon just an interesting thing because yeah. I um, I spoke to one of the key people, you know, key brand yeah. person in Indonesia. Yeah. Epsilon is actually very, very strong in Indonesia to the yeah. point that we thought that it's yeah. ours. Apparently, uh, it's, not yeah. right. it. no, it's not right. I right? knew it's not ours, it's right? It's <laughs> I it knew it. actually it is actually from um, from from US. It's yes, right? From, it's American, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but, but that, that is actually a very, because, you know, because you mentioned it, it's actually an interesting point, And this is one of the, uh, I would say, a successful, quote unquote, marriage between the global and local that yeah. is so strong that we thought it's Indonesian. If you ask a lot yeah. of people on the streets, a lot of people would still think Pepsodent is Indonesian. Well, it's yeah. not, but it's they not, just really right. have localized the brand. So yeah. That's really yeah. Example yeah. of a very yeah. example
1: brand. of a very suce- successful global brand that is locally super <laughs> relevant absolutely.
0: Yeah. And um another interesting uh point like what do you think yeah. or where do you think local Indonesian brands stand in the global market out of Indonesia? Yeah, ooh, good
1: question. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, I think there are a few trying. Uh well, let's talk about the big one first, right? Let's talk about the one that's successful in Omi. Uh Yeah. Uh, hands off hats off <laughs> to Indomie right I mean kudos and so proud there's an yeah. Indonesian brand that's globally famous now for being yeah. a delicious uh, 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 instant noodles so that's they, one let's, let's end that
0: but you know there's a uh, like a local a uh, lot english rapper that made a song about exactly
1: India. oh yeah. tiktok <laughs> english rappers uh, song yeah. about indomie and then they are trying on indomie in Times squares a yeah. lot crazy insane if you go in indomie the awareness out there internationally is insane and again <laughs> it's so funny because they're not uh, they're not changing anything the, the yep. taste is still indonesian soto uh, indonesian uh, you know ayam yeah. and whatnot uh, they're just so good in the taste this is indonesian in some little taste Go out there and sell us, sell Indonesia. It works everywhere. So yeah. there, uh, so impossibility is nothing. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna put it there out there first. And you know me, look at that, uh, uh fantastic. Yes, yes. Uh, it's coming from a big a holding company, right? Big money, deep cash pocket. I understand. But I'm talking about the marketing wise. It's not doing anything. It's keeping the brand DNA alive, taste wise, product wise, and it's making it there out there in the world. So impossibility is nothing. Everything is possible. Uh, I don't know though. But 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 that being said. Um, after that, probably extreme example in one spectrum, uh, looking mm-hmm. at these days, I'm not sure any other brands is actually, um, um, uh, we try here and there, probably opening a few stores in Singapore. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Jayco is opening a few stores in Singapore. You know what I mean? Raiju is opening a few stores in Singapore. So yeah. I, how big they get, I don't know. Um, yeah. pro- it is an expansion. Will it be accepted? Big uh, uh, other countries? I don't know. Reason-wise, because if it's popular in Indonesia and trying to go overseas, uh, uh, it's fighting with two uh, major competitive competition. It's fighting with global brand that has big money in that country, that 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 one brand trying to penetrate, and it's also fighting with local brands in that country that's probably already more relevant, more known, more well known, uh, more historical data. So it's tougher for one country brand to go to another. Um, um, uh, uh, my insight is always until we are extremely strong in Indonesia, then we can try. We can try somewhere else out there, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, strengthening the core is always my key principle yeah. in everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, Indonesia is a big country to begin with, conquering it. Yeah, integrity. exactly, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> let's let's go to Sabang, to Merauke. I mean, we haven't even yep. reached East Indonesia. I mean, yep. um, I know, and, and a lot of businessmen, I understand this. I'm coming from uh, um, uh, uh, local entrepreneurs, local conglomerates, uh, backup companies as well. Uh, it's appetizing. I mean, Singapore, Malaysia, the buying power is appetizing. The, the, the basket size is appetizing. But unless we are super strong in Indonesia, and then it's a bit crazy going... Um, reaching out to other countries. I don't know if Kopi Kenangan, you know, like those big, uh, will go, you know, we're talking about Kopi Kenangan, right? It's the startup that now is becoming unicorn, latest, latest startup becoming unicorn. I don't know yeah. if they have planned to go to Singapore. I'm not sure. And if it's, at, and if, if if it will be successful in Singapore because they have tari, tarik, kopi tarik, and strong local yeah. coffee there. So, I don't know, uh, I don't know, yeah. But then, yeah. you know, Indomie is successful, so I don't know, I'm really torn in this. But my yeah. core motto is always strengthening the core. I will focus on Indonesia. Yeah. Enough money in Indonesia. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, before, before we conclude, uh, I only have uh, like maybe two questions. Yeah. Um, You know, we would also like to get, you know, understand your take on the future of consumer goods market in Indonesia.
1: Yeah. Where do you think
0: um, the biggest opportunity lies like right now in the future, in the near future?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Back in 2019, we're talking about premiumization, everything that you can sell it a bit more expensive. You sell the value, you sell cooler, exclusivity, collaboration, this and that works. Back to 2019 yeah. before COVID, um, a, a lot of new brands popping off, popping on. I keep saying popping off. I keep, uh, uh, coming out. A lot yeah. of new collaboration coming out. Is I don't know. I feel. I feel uh, the power of Indonesia is becoming like the second China. It's a lot of strong people who wants to buy expensive things. 2019 yeah. up until COVID. So premiumization was there. Valorization was there. Uh, 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 sell a products. Tell a a beautiful story and beautiful value of that product. to sell it more expensive, double and triple the, uh, the COGS. Now, COVID is a bit different story. Now with the COVID, 2020, 2021, we're entering 2022, somehow my feeling, either products need to be super functional, it serves my function, my needs. For example, Rejuve immunity, vitamin C, purity, one kilogram of fruit and vegetable per bottle. So, uh, so it serves my uh, health reason. It serves functionally my convenience reason. It serves me functionally on a lot of things: health, vitamin, nutrition. Unless it sells strong function, I don't think people are willing to pay expensive. My feeling, yeah, it cannot it cannot be just as easy as oh, I'm gonna collaborate with a premier designers, a haute couture designers, uh, uh, a brand X A, and then sell it expensive as limited edition. I'm yeah. not sure that is the trend anymore. That is the easiest marketing, because marketing, innovation, I'm coming from innovation. The easiest for me to do to do valorization is collaborate with you know special designers, then sell it more expensive, sell it double, <laughs> double the yeah. profit. I don't think consumer is that gullible anymore now. I think consumers yeah. are thinking about spending. I think consumers are thinking about affordability with this situation at this point. I think consumers start thinking about basket size and start planning to drop their basket size by going to a cheaper brand. So both retail and both um, FMCG. uh, Marketing needs to be smarter. It cannot be just as easy as collaboration. Needs to be something as, so something with super strong functional, uh, something that serves consumers, needs super heavily, very sharp, or something that is more affordable. Um, I believe in that. Yeah. Uh, Whereas before is valorization, uh, something that's premium, more premium, more premium, and more premium. I might be wrong uh, as Mm -hmm. we are now going into the new normal, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's it. The new normal is 2021, 2022. This is it. This is the world we're going to live in moving forward. Because, I mean, my team, everybody keeps asking, what is the new normal? We're waiting for new normal. Well, there's nothing. New normal is 2021 and 2022, where, where, you know, at some months we have endemic. At some months we have, you know, some sort of like uh quote unquote lockdown at some down we have people are still going out. This is it. Um moving forward with this new normal twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. I think people, uh marketer, innovators, businessmen, brands need to be smarter in launching something that's super functional, super filling consumers need, and um something that's affordable as well, reaching out big demographics of Indonesia.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, so um well, there was a lot of good, good insights but to quickly summarize yeah um, what would be the words um you know of advice for the aspiring fmcg marketers now
1: yeah Ooh, um come up with super super relevant um communication uh, a really, really not cool, not edgy, not super creative, not off the charge, not super out of box, but super relevant to Indonesian. Uh, yeah. Back then, we see a lot of FMCG launching a lot of communication that's just very creative to the point that you watch the TV, you don't understand what it's about, right? But it's, <laughs> tech, it's catchy. You remember yeah. the brand, but you don't understand what the uh, it's all about. I don't know if it's there anymore, to be honest with you. I think the creative agency, the FMCG marketers need to be very, very sharp in in, in, in the market, understanding yeah. the relevancy in the market, what they're talking about, what language, yeah. what lingos, what typography, what semiotic, what uh, what uh, uh, word copyright that people are using come up with something that is very relevant to the market. Yeah. I believe something that's relevant is more uh, catchable, uh, more memorable to the audience than yeah. something that's super creative. The idea of launching super mm-hmm. creative, so then it's becoming memorable, right? But i always yeah. a big believer, less is more. Uh, launching something that is extremely relevant is actually more relatable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, rather than trying to create the next big creative thing, like the best, absolutely, or whatever. Absolutely. At the end of the day, the one that wins the heart is the most relevant
1: debacle. Absolutely, right? I mean, let's, let's talk about, uh, do you guys remember the last billboard that's made out of plastic, the last billboard that, has, that is made out of uh, grass? We know those are happening. We don't remember the brand. <laughs> we don't yeah. remember the brand that did that, right? So, uh a lot of times, this is a very important FMCG marketers. I think we're doing marketing to be relevant to the market. It's not yeah. to win an award. I know, I know, a lot of creative agency will hate me for saying this. <laughs> but um, uh, the idea of being a marketer in FMCG is to really market that product to be super relevant to Indonesia. It is not yeah. to win an award. So for me, I always go strengthening the core, less is more for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you talk to the creative agency director next next uh, podcast, you will hear another spectrum. I'm pretty sure, but that's okay. That's the beauty of you know subjectivism. Well,
0: exactly. I mean that's what that what that is what makes things very interesting, especially yeah. in a very living organism market. List. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And but, um, lastly, lastly, you know, yeah. um, coming back to the people in a sense yeah. like the candidates or just any professionals out there who are looking yeah. to making a transition between yeah. let's say mnc to a smaller local or even a big locals or the yeah. or vice versa yeah. what are the things they need to prepare
1: yeah oh very good um very good question uh, uh, somebody want to start from uh, somebody work from startup want to go to you know for example loreal or unilever mm-hmm. or Danone, or somebody from png and, and Nestle want to go to startup um um remember then that that each uh, pawn has its own ecosystem. So uh, the the worst thing that somebody could do in jumping off, uh, you know, a um, uh, startup and big company is that bringing all the knowledge there, thinking that I know mm-hmm. it all. That's a completely different world. I mean, I mean, even we are talking about the same startup to startup. Somebody moving from, uh, you know, uh, brand A startup to brand B startup. I think learning everything from beginning is the key. Really mm-hmm. learning everything from beginning. Know it. Drop that know it all attitude. I think that's very important. You're coming there to give a solution. To, you're coming to a new company, whether you are in FMCG now, whether you're coming from startup, whether you're whether you're coming from uh, FMCG, whether you're coming from startup to FMCG or vice versa. I think you are there to give a solution, and we cannot. Uh, provide the correct solution if we don't know the real root cause. So drop everything that we've done in FMCG. Oh, I've done it this way previously in Nestle, in Aqua, in Danone, in Starbucks. Oh, I've done it this way in a smaller company. I think drop uh, both sides, uh, learn everything from beginning and come up with correct solution. Yeah, that's very important. I'm very scared when a candidate comes over and then, you know, the new thing I think I'm very scary I think humility is very important coming to a new company learning everything therefore able to give the correct solution is very important
0: okay yeah very very interesting so it's actually same advice for both candidates you know who are wanting to move transition because by the end of the day you know of course they are hired to bring some sort of skills or experience they have but also at the same time don't think that you know it all but absolutely have a having the ability to combine or have the initiatives to combine the knowledge you have and the new environment and then come up with a solution that is, you know, going to be groundbreaking for both sides.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: sure. Well, that is pretty much it. Well, thank you very much for sharing a lot of great insights. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, all those listeners listening would have learned a lot of things. I personally learned a lot of things, not one or two, definitely a lot. Take notes personally. So, so, yeah, we hope you find this, you know, um, discussion insightful and interesting as well. And Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. And, um, well, to all the listeners, like, we hope you find this podcast insightful. And please stay tuned for our other episodes, bringing you more exciting content with game changes in the market. And, Paromi, Romy, thank you very much for your time. Take care, stay safe. And, you know, hopefully when things are much better. We can, you know, have quick coffee and, you know, discuss new things in the future.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure for everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you on the top.